Another edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by TheLines.com. My name is Eli Herskovich. You can follow me on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. You can follow The Lines on Twitter at the Lines US, and follow my co-host on Twitter at Mo Noara as it's spelled on the screen. My voice is slowly but surely coming back. I know Mo is getting over a little bit of a cold and potentially some COVID going around in the fam. So hopefully... His family won't disclose who feels better sometime soon. That was not disingenuous, by the way, Mel. I just wanted to let you know that. So before we get started, remember to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to get notifications whenever the lines releases a new sports betting video on any market, including Major League Baseball, whether it's futures or Mo's game by game bets. And also head over to the Lines Discord channel to get notifications whenever Mo places a daily MLB bet, and you'll see why later on the Discord is so valuable. But Mo, before we get to today's bets on Wednesday, you had a pretty big Tuesday. Congrats to your 3-0 card. Thanks, but, you know, just like we don't want to get too too low on the valleys, we don't want to get too high on the on the peaks. Long season ahead. <laughs> hey, man, this is a reverse role for me. I've tried to, tried to pip you up. As in, if I was in your seat, I would definitely be acting the same way. So I get it. But let's start off with a 7.05 first pitch and the Orioles and the Nationals in the late game slate. Baltimore at 10 and 7. You have the win total under on them this season and Washington at 5 and 12. And Baltimore got a pretty quick bump in the market after they announced that Kyle Bradish was going to be starting against former Padres prospect Mackenzie Gore. Now, just a quick look at this Baltimore lineup. Adley Rushman had a pretty big start for the Orioles in terms of his war and his power to begin the season. But Jorge Mateo, the Orioles shortstop, actually is tied for the second highest war across all of baseball right now. So not saying he's worth a look in the MVP market by any means, but just a, a nugget there in terms of how lethal this O's lineup has been. But which side are you looking at between Baltimore and Washington, Mel? Yeah, this one uh, just kind of like opened up in some of the spots this morning because, like you said, we weren't too sure, I think, if Kyle Bradish, Bradish, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, was Bradish. starting. Um, I think he is. I checked the Beat Riders Twitter this morning, and 10 minutes before we started, I think, uh, one of the Orioles writers did say it's going to be Bradish. Uh, I think he's a little better than his results. ERA about 0.7 higher than his Sierra. He only pitched like 122 innings last year. So still in a small sample. Uh, 0.8 higher than his XFIP as well. FIP not quite as strong, but I think Sierra and XFIP are maybe a little bit stronger than FIP when it comes to predicting future ERA out of a small sample. So... I think Bradish is actually a decent pitcher, uh, and sometimes in these spots I'm worried about uh, short starts, but I don't think that's what's going to happen here. It's saying that he threw like 85 pitches, I think, in his uh, minor league tune-up start, so I think he's good for for a full a full start here. Facing Mackenzie Gore here, who I like Gore, but I think the Orioles lineup matches up pretty well with him. Um, they've been hitting lefties really hard so far. 151 WRC plus against lefties so far. It's obviously not going to stay that high, but I think it profiles as a good lineup hitting lefties, even though they weren't very good last year, but they're very right-handed, very young, obviously, last year. So 
I, I think it makes sense for them to take a step forward here. Um, and and just like matchup wise here, Mackenzie Gore's weak point has been been the walks. Twelve point six percent walk rate. That's really high. Almost five walks per nine. Very very bad. And uh, chase rate is a little bit below average. So I think that kind of helps predict walk rate as well. So it's all pointing to like I think he's going to be a high walk pitcher. Baltimore taking a lot of their walks this year. They're third in walk rate so far this year, below average in chase rate. So I, I think it's going to be a kind of a tough matchup for him. I thought this should be more like minus 145, and it's heading there. Um, I got some minus 130. I'm still seeing some lines close to minus 130, though, so I don't know where this is going to be by the time this gets out there. But if you can get like better than minus 135, I think it's still a decent play. Yeah, remember to head over to thelines.com to get the best of the number. And you can press shop with a bunch of the major legal sports books. But Mo, you brought up in the midst of your breakdown for O's Nats that there are more predictive metrics when it comes to pitching. And you also brought up WRC Plus, and we throw out a bunch of different metrics when we're breaking down baseball on this show and for any sports betting show, really. That we do. So why did you hone in on those two specific pitching metrics? Because again, we throw out a a decent amount here when it comes to pitching on beat the closing number. Yeah, just like ERA can be pretty noisy, um, especially obviously the smaller the sample gets. Once you start to get to a bigger sample, it's, it's a little bit more like maybe this pitcher is doing something that's that's uh, going to make his ERA higher or lower than his peripherals. I think uh, this early in people's careers, like these two pitchers, it's probably better to just look at their peripherals and not even look at their ERA, to be honest. I mean, even like a full season isn't going to be long enough to see whether a guy's getting lucky or unlucky. Usually you want like multiple seasons. So I, I guess a good example would be somebody like, I know he's off to a bad start this year, but like Cal Quantrill has been getting much better results than his peripherals for multiple seasons now. I think he's probably doing something they're not capturing. No, it's a good point. And we faded Quantrill a few times last year. And I'm pretty sure we lost every single start. Okay, on to the second game. Hopefully not a not a side of things to come here for your Wednesday bets. But Twins at Red Sox, Minnesota in first place in the AL Central at 10 and 7, Boston at 500 and the Red Sox took the first game in this series on Tuesday night with a walk-off hit via Alex Verdugo in the 10th inning after Minnesota scored two runs in the top of the frame and in this game we'll see Joe Ryan take on Corey Kluber, Joe Nolan Ryan if you want to pronounce his name or say his full name obviously I'm just kidding around there but Ryan has been fantastic this season and if you go back to the offseason or a little bit before the season began, I made a Cy Young bet on Ryan at 100 to 1. I think there's still 90 to 1 out there. Now, I'm not saying it's going to cash or by any means it's a long shot, but Garrett Cole has been dominating for the Yankees. So he could be on his way to a Cy Young award. And Cole was one of the favorites to begin the season. But looking at the money line market for Twins Red Sox, Minnesota is up 10 cents from the opener, priced around minus 130. That means they opened around minus 120 in this market. And the aforementioned Ryan with a 284 ERA, but 
That 158X ERA certainly stands out, and it's a small sample. Yes, just three starts, but if you look at Joe Ryan's game-by-game stats, he's really only allowed or given up one big-time mash, which was Alvarez for the Astros going back to his second start, that grand slam that tied the game in the second inning, and then Houston or the Twins went on to win that game, but it allowed Houston to creep back in it, and that was really the only poor pitch of Joe Ryan's season, and his ability to add the sweeping slider along with the split changeup this year has made a big difference in his numbers and could definitely lead to bigger things to come. Again, not necessarily going to win Cy Young, but could definitely finish top 10, top 5, in the race. So I was pretty happy with the number I got in the offseason. And then Corey Kluber, who Joe Ryan will be facing off against with a 692 ERA in three starts. And his velo is down nearly a full point from last season. So the aging Corey Kluber not faring well so far. How are you betting Twins Red Sox, Mel? Yeah, this one is my favorite play of the day. Um Man, I have to say, I think you should be incredibly excited for your Cy Young play. I don't want to get you too excited, but <laughs> man, when I see the peripherals I'm seeing for Joe Ryan, you have to be incredibly impressed with this. He's looking potentially elite. Um, his chase rate is up 10 percentage points, which is, I mean, that's in, insane. Like, you're talking about a metric where going up like three or 4% is like pretty high. I mean, he's up 10%. And he's missing bats at like a Max Scherzer level, not too far from peak Max Scherzer. But the most exciting thing is definitely something you briefly touched on. It's the split change. Uh, He's throwing it 20% of the time. Sometimes when we see guys introduce a new pitch, you know, it's like maybe they fire it, you know, 5-10%. It's a little bit of a show-me pitch. He's going all in with it, and it is having incredible results for him so far. Its pitch values uh, per 100 is double his fastball which is like crazy to say because his fastball has been his carrying pitch his whole career basically so yeah for his splitter to be dominating like this I think that this is an incredibly exciting development for anyone who tailed you unfortunately I didn't but 90 to 1 uh I would probably get in there if you can still find that um only thing I don't like about this matchup really for him is the ballpark, uh, he's like super, super heavy fly baller. I think like 28% or something career ground ball rate. And that's obviously like not a great thing in Fenway uh, specifically because a lot of more fly balls turn into hits there that, than other places. But other than that, this looks pretty good good for him. So um, other side of it, it's like you said, man, Corey Kluber. I, it does not bring me any pleasure to say this but I think he's done um he's in the zone of it doesn't really mean anything necessarily but it's just always like a shorthand I look at and I just think like you got to be toast is when your exit velocity is higher than your uh, fastball velocity that's not a good situation (laughs) uh he can still miss bats because of his secondaries but I, I don't even think like what you said honestly tells the whole tale because like you said his fastball is down a tick from last year, but you know, you can go from like 93 to 92 and still be fine. Right. But this is, yeah, but it's in the high eighties. Yeah. 89 to 88. I mean, this is like, he's verging on throwing BP with his fastball and 
he you can see that in his zone rate. He just he can't throw it in the zone anymore. So when you can't throw your fastball for strikes, it's just a brutal situation. And I think he's done at 36. I, I, I Corey Kluber made me a lot of units when I was first uh, coming up in high volume baseball betting. Corey Kluber and Dallas Keuchel were like my guys. I feel like I was like the first one in on them and just betting all of their starts. And yeah, definitely attached to Corey Kluber because of that. But I think he's toast. And I think Boston should be quite a bit of a bigger favorite, honestly, than they are here. That's how you know you're getting old is when you're touting your Corey Kluber and Dallas Keuchel bats from a way back. You meant that the Twins should be a bigger favorite, right? I just want to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, think Twins are not high enough at minus 130. And before this becomes a Joe Ryan podcast, I just want to bring up one more quick stat here. The strikeout to walk rate is up over 15 percentage points from last season, which is astonishing. And it is a three game sample, three start sample. So I also just want to clarify that because Mo made the point and it was a good one that this park doesn't necessarily play to Ryan's strength. But over to the final game on your card, Mo. Blue Jays at Astros. Houston off to an 8-10 and 10 start, the World Series favorite entering the season. Toronto 11-7. and 7. You have a World Series bet on the Blue Jays, and Toronto is getting steamed up as much as 12 cents on the money line as of this Recording, it is Jose Barrios against Luis Garcia. And these are two starters, believe it or not, even though Barrios hasn't had the best peripherals, especially going back to last season. Barrios has a 2-3-6 fifth, despite that 7-9-8 ERA. But on the flip side, you could make the case that this is a buy-low opportunity with Houston if you do think that there are better things to come for the Astros, even though Luis Garcia, like I mentioned, is trending the opposite direction of Burrio. So how are you betting Jays and Astros, Mel? Yeah, so this one is going to be a little bit of a weird one because you can't really get this price anymore. So I mainly want to talk about these two pitchers so people can kind of keep an eye on them because uh, they're kind of looking a little different than they were last year. So see how things go tonight and going forward. I did get on the Jays uh, at even money, and right after that, they went to like minus 106, and then now it's up to minus 110. I don't think I would bet it anymore. Uh, I think like around minus 105 would probably be the farthest I would have gone with this one. Sometimes there can be some buybacks, so you never know what people might see later. But I would say look out for how these guys look going forward because Barreos is a pitcher I am really interested in backing right now, which... I know people are going to think is insane because his ERA is terrible and he was obviously pretty bad the last two seasons, but I think he might be good again. Um, he still has some kind of poor peripherals, so I'm not 100% in yet, but his chase rate is not good. His exit velocity is also not good, but he is missing bats again, over 13% swinging strikes. It's been like three years since he had that, and he's basically getting dragged down. His BABIP is really high, 419 and absolutely insane left on base percent of 34%. So unless he's like tipping pitches out of the stretch or something, I just don't see how that's anything even close to that. That's like half of what the average is, I think. So his ERA is getting nuked by these numbers and they're just not going to continue. But we'll see if he keeps pitching well, but he's definitely pitching well so far. 
And on the other side, Luis Garcia, his fastball velocity is down 1.2 miles per hour. So uh, I'm a little worried about him right now. It's a bad combination of too many walks and a high fly ball rate. These are really flammable things to have go together for obvious reasons. If you're going to walk people, you at least want to get ground balls um, because then you'll get some DPs and get some lead runners and stuff like that. When you're walking guys and you're allowing a lot of fly balls, very, very tough combination uh, to overcome. And especially tonight, I think very tough matchup facing a high power lineup in Astros Park, which is obviously very good for especially right-handed power, which the Jays have uh, the the Jays have a ton of. So, I don't think it's a good situation for him tonight, and uh, I think the market obviously thinks so as well, since it's hammering uh, the Jays pretty hard. I think they were plus this morning for sure. So, yeah, a lot of Jays money coming in, but I would just keep an eye on these two guys going forward and see if they can keep looking uh, like they have so far because I don't think the market's going to be super excited to bet on Barrios. So I think at least on that end, there's probably going to be value if he keeps pitching like this. And before we get out of here, quick question for you when you think about live betting baseball because this line, Mo, the Blue Jays money line price is actually as high as minus 120 in the market as of this recording and when you think about the trajectory of a game, if the Blue Jays went one, two, three, or didn't score in the top half of the first and Houston came up to bat, the Jays would likely be maybe plus money, if not close to it on the money line. How often do you try to bet live bet baseball when it comes to money line odds? Or are you just kind of, especially with limits, because you could typically get more down depending on the book pre-game versus in-game, how often are you looking to bet baseball in-game, especially when it comes to betting on a team to win the game outright? Not often at all. I would say uh, not a big live guy when it comes to baseball. Uh, I've definitely enjoyed live betting other sports, NBA, uh, NFL, have a, a lot of fun live betting these sports. Not really much. I don't really know how the best way to approach it for baseball is. I think, honestly, the best way to be finding value would probably be predicting bullpen usage later in the game and like getting in before certain parts of the lineup hit certain bullpen uh, arms. But I do think, just from what I have seen, I would say I do think the lines honestly overreact to like a couple early, like an early run or whatever. It seems like the line swings super heavy. I think it's probably too much a lot of the time, but I couldn't tell you for sure. That's Mo Nawara. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Nawara. You can follow the lines on Twitter as well at the Lines US. And remember to head over to play.thelines.com if you're interested in trying to win a $25 Amazon gift card in our daily MLB Pick'em Contest. Again, for more details, head over to play.thelines.com. Mo and I will have two episodes out tomorrow, one with a special Major League Baseball guest breaking down a very niche market, and then we'll also do our daily Beat the Closing Numbers. So for now, so long, everybody. 